Hello and welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It's the podcast that invites you to come find yourself. So you can listen to this and go, oh, thank God for that. It is not just me. And I can speak to you and say, no, it's not just you. It is also me. Ooh, well, I think we've got through it, haven't we, people? UK people. I'm sorry. Rest of Europe. I mean, good God. What a heat wave. What a nightmare. Um, I've had a little bit of rain here. That's been lovely. And excellent manoeuvres by the children. So for those of you that are regular listeners, you'll know that my daughter has completed her GCSEs and so is having her summer, which is lovely. So she's off out and about doing things and having experiences. And I'm grateful that she had the good fortune to be born when she was, because I do feel for those kids that are 18 now and missed out on a hell of a lot of stuff. So I guess they will be catching up this summer. Um, So she went off to the cinema. And as we all know, cinemas today, (laughs) cinemas that are modern, have got great aircon. So we did suggest that she went to see two films. That's what I would have said. Spend the afternoon there, except that it is too expensive to spend the afternoon in a cinema, isn't it? I imagine it is it about eight pounds a ticket, maybe more. So she's done that wise move. The boy wonder, who is fourteen in a month and a half, um, he said, "Can I invite my friends round to use the pool?" Caveat here: when I say pool. It is not a built swimming pool. It is a large paddling pool. I'm trying to think about how best to describe it. I don't know. It's a big round one. You can't swim lengths in it. Um, But you could get a few people in it and throw uh, bottles full of water at each other, uh, get the hose out and uh, attack each other with it. I've got one of those funny little folding steps. Anyone that's got kids must have one of these. JML, folding step. The revelation when we were potty training of buying this portable JML folding step. Just $14.99. So we've got this plastic folding step that I use to reach things on the top shelf of the cupboards in the kitchen. Because I'm only five foot four and a half um, and was used for the kids to stand on when brushing their teeth when they were tiny and now has a new use in that you can put it in the pool and then sit down with your shoulders shoulders soldiers shoulders just peeping out it's a weird pool it's excellent if you're nearly 14 and want to dick about with your mates It's not excellent if you are nearly 50 um, and just want to sit. (laughs) So, (laughs) oh, God. Um, Yeah, so he asked, could he invite his friends around? I'm like, yes, do that, please. Because often, I don't know if you find this, but with boys, um, they are on their Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, a lot. Now, The one thing that I've discussed with my friends that have got boys actually is that 
it's not all bad when they're on the Xbox or whatever they're on, because that is their way of socialising. Often they're on there talking to their mates. So I don't mind it so much, but I would like to see more physical exercise happening. So big group of boys. Well, no, a group of big boys, <laughs> three teenagers in the pool in the back garden. Uh, it was lovely to just to hear them mucking about. And as um, those of you that got teenage kids will know, there is a gradual lessening of your involvement in their lives. And there's so much that you are out of the loop on and you don't get to hear or see or participate in. So obviously I kept my distance, you know, don't want to um, ruin his uh, <laughs> his call. But yeah, it was nice. Um, and I know sometimes his friends listen to this, so just know that your parents much as uh, looks like they're not keeping an eye on you, uh, do like to hear you having fun with your friends because it makes us feel just the tiniest bit connected. Now, in the spirit of matching the heat and humidity that we have in the UK, um, and moving on from yesterday's podcast, and it was so lovely today to get a message from regular listener Leanne say she had boarded a flight at Heathrow and was catching up on episodes and so I was flying to America with her I just thought so yesterday I'd had reasons to be cheerful part one was in LA and today the podcast was on its way to America and um, it kind of gives me the impetus to keep going so I do enjoy doing this it is a bit playful for me um, but hearing little things like that is is really cool. So do let me know where you're listening. Um, so in that spirit of being a little bit slower and giving you the opportunity to just go, I've so hard, oh my God, can you just like talk some words and then I can zone out a bit. I am going to read you um, a from Reasons to be Cheerful Rides again and I'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes buy it don't buy it it's fine um do listen listening is free uh, but if you want to check it out it's available on amazon and this is a piece that i wrote um when i put on um a music event in my local village and it sort of ties into some of the things that i do and why i do them and that power of doing something creative so it's called, I want to do great things. I'm not a promoter. I'm not a musician. I'm not an event organizer or a full-time entertainer. Not quite. And yet I had an idea that what our village really needed was to have a live band and indie disco evening. I wanted to do this because 18 months prior, I'd been at a friend's party where we danced until 3am to a playlist of 90s music and sank drinks like we were at the Hacienda rather than in someone's tastefully decorated home. People I'd only spoken to on the school playground or at the local pub became teenagers once again and friendships were strengthened as we realised that we loved the same music. It felt like we all shared a little of the spirit that we allowed to shine so freely when we're young and unencumbered by mortgages and the gradual build-up of life's worries. I also wanted to do it because since taking up stand-up, 
I'd seen some great live performances from local musicians at open mic nights and felt that other people ought to see how talented these bands are. The comedy night I put on was well received, so how hard could it be to put on a band and a DJ? How hard could that be? Harder than I thought. During the process of organising the event, I discovered that there was an awful lot I didn't know. Like what a DI box or a stage monitor is, or what, what those things are for. I didn't know how to pronounce Cajun. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. It's pronounced Cajon, a type of box drum. And I didn't know how to connect a guitar amp to a mixer. I didn't know that you needed a sound guy to make all this work well enough that the band won't sound like they're playing underwater in a dustbin. Fortunately for me and everybody else, the DJ and another villager who works in radio were experts and they were kind enough to make up for my considerable lack of knowledge. The event itself was incredible. We danced like we didn't have any responsibilities beyond perfecting our moves <laughs> or being able to recite all the words to get your rocks off. I have to say, as an aside here, one of our friends, when the night was coming to the end, he said, uh, no, it, it can't. I've got to do another set yet. He was basically leaping around on the stage for everybody else's entertainment. Um, so we tried to drink the bar dry, but one thing I do know is how to make sure a bar is well stocked. We tried to eat enough food to avoid getting drunk. Only some of us were successful on that front. The next morning, my feet were half a size bigger. The recycling bin had over 200 bottles and cans in it. And I heard how someone had stopped on the way home to have a go on the swings for old time's sake and did a wee in the bushes while they were there. Someone had also been sick in their bathroom, but I am not supposed to tell you that. The evening was a fundraiser for SmartWorks Reading, so there wasn't any financial reward in it for me, but I did get something else extremely valuable. A reminder that sometimes we don't need to wait until we think we're 100% there to go after the things that we want to achieve. By sharing my enthusiasm, people became interested. By being clear on the outcome, others wanted to take part. By being honest about the stuff I didn't know, others offered to help. The process inspired me to go after the things that I really want to achieve, chief among which is to ramp up the number of speaking engagements that I do. So that's why I'm off to see the Berkshire WI Speaker Selection Committee to see if I can't get myself a little tour underway. I want to do great things. How about you? Footnote to this piece, which I didn't know ends with that. Um, so this was written just before I did a, effectively an audition for the Berkshire <laughs> um, Women's Institute. And basically, if you want to speak at a WI meeting, they recommend to get on their list. You go to a speaker selection meeting, at which you are faced with women that represent all the different groups in the area. And you have to give them like 20 minutes of what your one hour talk would ordinarily be. And it's pretty intimidating. So I was in a hall with maybe 80 or 100 women, all with bits of paper on which each of the speakers' names were. And they had to put like, a cross in the box. 
of those that they thought were good enough to be put forward. And um, as it turns out, they liked me. And since that time, um, I've now performed for like 50 WI groups. You can have a look on my website, tonykent.co.uk to check those out. But at the same time, thousands of people that work for corporate businesses. I've performed for dozens of organizations sharing my story. I've done stand-up in lots of different places. So that, if nothing else, I really, really hope that that piece serves to encourage you to give it a go, to try something that you don't feel 100% about. There is, I don't know if it's apocryphal, is that the word, where people say it's true, but maybe it's not. But there is a suggestion that women do not go after things, do not apply for jobs when they don't think they can do 100% of the job. Whereas conversely, apparently, um, a man would say, well, I could do 60% and the rest I can learn. And I am definitely been in both camps, actually. I've been in both camps, but I have, in my heart, always been someone that says, just got to give it a try. I didn't know how to put on an event like that, but I thought, how hard can it, how hard can it be? Harder than I thought, but I was honest about the things I couldn't do, and I learned a lot. And going through that experience then inspired me to go on and put myself in front of a big selection committee of people that are going to judge me. Um, I hope that you give yourself the permission to go after what you want, even if you're not sure that you can do it. I really, really want that for you. So don't be shy. Give it a try. <laughs> That's my next door neighbour says. Hmm. I don't think that phrase works in all contexts, but do go after the things you want to do. Don't hold yourself back. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think there's someone that would benefit from this, please give it a share. I'll be back with you tomorrow.